Right, now here in Kenya, I have to say, it's not that usual to meet someone who's moved from the security profession to the medical profession, but I'm hoping to meet one person who's done just that, and that is Jane Kubai. I'm traveling up to the Rongai area. It's about 200 kilometers northwest of the capital here in Nairobi, and it's located in the county of Nakuru, and that is where I hope to meet Jane, who is working as a theater technologist at the Sisto Mazoldi Health Center up there in Rongai. Okay, so um, just arriving at the hospital here, and you can see the sign Sisto Mazoldi Health Center. Step out of the car now. Okay. Oh, hello. Is the lady opening the door here? Hello. Hi. Uh, are you Jane? Yes, I'm Jane Kabudi Kubai. Welcome to the, to Sister Mazod Hospital. Welcome. Thank you, Jane. Uh, Jane is just opening the gate here for me, and I'm just going to walk in. Hello, and welcome back to Africa Science Focus. I'm Halima Thmani. Stay tuned as we go behind the scenes at Kenya's Sister Mazoldi Hospital with health hero Jen Kubai. As our reporter Michael Kaloki is about to find out, Jen's path to being named one of this year's heroines of health by the Women in Global Health Network was not an easy journey. Here is Jane to share her incredible story with us. My journey started a long time ago, but now I have come from far. Actually, I left my home when I was 11 years old because of challenges I was facing in my community. Actually, in my community, I come from from Meru, again, Benodi, at Mutuate. Just to add in here, Meru is one of the counties in Kenya. So these are basically regional, maybe what I would call regional administrative areas. And here in Kenya, we refer to them as counties. So you come from the Meru County. Yes, I come from Meru County, Gembe North. My village is Mutuate, Mutuambo village, where I was raised up from the family of six of Mr. and Mrs. Kubai. And I'm the third born of the family. So when you reach the age of 11, 10, 12 of there, you get circumcised, the FGM, then you get married, some forced marriage which happens in the community. So when when my father told me about it and my mom explained about the procedure going to be done in my life, I decided to just disappear from the home and disappeared and I went missing because I wanted to get the education and go back to school so that I can uh, go on in my future. And I went uh, where I, I met with the priest who took me to assist her to become a maid. Okay, so I should describe, yes, as we're talking, we're walking through the facility here and uh, we're now in a large open courtyard. Uh, so just to add in, uh, this facility is run by the Catholic Church. Yes. And this is where... Uh, the sisters um, who run this facility live? Yeah, sure. That's where they live. They're the ones who run this hospital. Okay. As we're here in this courtyard, and I should say it's a nice sunny day out here in uh, Rongai area. Just to pick up where we left off. So now when you meet the vicar, 
you said he then took you to school. Yes, he went to the bonding school in class six, and I started my journey from there, St. Charles Luanga. I finished my primary school 2008, where I passed very well, and he, he took me to the secondary school, the next, the Bodhambingaus High School. So while you were in high school, during the holidays, you would go back to the home where you had been working as a maid and you would work there as a maid during the holidays so that you could get pocket money uh, for when you go back to school. Yes, it, it was like that because I I had to do so so that I can get my pocket money and do some, some shopping so that I can be stable like other uh, children there in that school. So after high school, after you got your end of year high school results, you signed up to work as a security guard in a security firm. Yes, I went and I signed up to be in the security firm where I worked as a security. Later on, the, there was introduction in the college that they are offering the data technologist, the preparative data technologist course, and I was interested since I've been staying with the patient for long in that hospital as a security guard. Um, tell me more about, you know, what you were learning at, at the college. I work at, as a security guard during the day, and I go back to class at night. Actually, it was very challenging, but I've never given up in my life since you have heard my story since I started. I've never given up. I'm just giving hope for myself that one day I'll be somebody and somebody somewhere that at least I'll be having a voice so that I can encourage somebody else who is there thinking that you cannot do two or three uh, jobs at the same time. I did because I, I believe that you can do no, no matter what as long you have the desire and the will. After gaining a theatre technologist qualification through the medical college at her hospital in Nyeri, Jen moved to her current hospital in Nakuru. Now, Jen is in charge of preparing the operating room for surgery, sterilizing and preparing equipment, and assisting the surgeons during procedures. And as Michael finds out, Jen is ready to support and inspire anyone who comes through the hospital's gates, including her colleagues. Okay, so uh, now where where are we at the moment as we're walking along here, Jane? Where are we heading to now? We're in the inpatient department also, in the male ward and the female ward. Okay, and uh, some might say that um, the security and medic profession are at two different ends of the spectrum. Why did you um, decide to, to switch professions? I saw that they are shortage in the healthy workers. The relative will come complaining, my patient was not changed, my patient was not given this, my patient was not taken care of, so I can be there. Instead of guarding the gates, guarding the thieves, I can be guarding the patient in the data operation table. So that's quite an interesting uh, story there. Um, when you are working at the hospital uh, as a security guard, there was a course that was held in your region um, that was supposed to uh, educate health workers in the county you're working in, Nyeri, about how to deal with uh, COVID patients. And at the time, you're still a security guard, as you say, and you decided to sign up for this course. And uh, when they 
found out that you are a security guard, they called you and asked you, well, you're a security guard. What, what are you doing in this course that is supposed to be for, for health workers? So, well, no, before we go there, when the COVID arrived in our country, I was the first person in the gate there with the patient. We were fearing about COVID. Now we have been told to wear masks. People, they don't understand masks. Uh, measuring the temperature there, that's the gun, the security gun, what they usually do. So the AMREF came to train about the COVID. I just built in the meeting of the health workers in the hospital, Consolata Madari, and he told me that we cannot be teaching the security guard here. So I raised up and I talked myself and I told him that I'm here to get knowledge so that I can able to protect myself and protect my colleagues and protect the patient. Since that the, the guard, the security guard at the gate, he or she is the first person to meet with that person with the COVID and we have no knowledge about it. That's how my journey started. And what has been the reaction, Jane? Actually, I have encouraged even my security guard. Right now, I have two of them. Those who are joined the same course and they have started doing the way I was doing, studying part-time and they are in back in class right now. I know the two of them, one a lady and a gentleman, they, they are not supposed to stay where they started. You are supposed to at least make a step forward in your life because you have to want to face this life to be courageous so that you can move from one step to another. Okay, so, I've been, so as we've been walking here, Jane has just come across a lady who I think is a, an expecting mother. She's decided to attend to her. She's just quickly rushing to get a wheelchair. Looks like um, this lady might be in labor. Okay, I'm just following Jane here as she's wheeling the lady to another part of the hospital. Okay, she's uh, wheeling the lady into the emergency observation area. So Jane, I must say, very quick response from you there. We just saw this lady walking into the hospital and you quickly ran and, and attended to her, put her in the wheelchair and wheeled her into the uh, observation room. Yes, I've just recognized that the patient who is coming with is not able to breathe well, dizziness. Then I've just rushed to pick the wheelchair and pick the patient to the emergency room where she's, she's already been started treat, uh, receiving the treatment and the doctor is there attending to her right now. Maybe you can describe to us where we are now. Okay, now we are in the system zone, in the female ward, where we are going inside to just to see the patients are there, and we have our sister here, nurse. Could I ask you, um, Sister yes. Naomi, uh, what are your thoughts on um, on Jane's journey into the field of medicine? Okay, about Jane's journey, we just so happy about her progress in the field because looking at the beginning where she started, it was a very humble beginning, being a security guard. And now that encouragement which she had, even the way she has struggled through, we are even encouraging our support staffs to also go a step ahead, not just work as support staffs. They can even empower themselves the way Jane has done. Did you, were you, were you shocked when you heard about uh, Jane's story? 
Yeah, sure. It was a real shock because for me, I've been in this field for quite long and I've never even heard of a security guard who even goes to the ward to do even an aid procedure or to even assist you lift a patient because majorly they're just based in, at the gates and that's what they do. So they just believe they're working to be at the gate and to usher people in and out, open the gates and such things. So her story was just so amazing for us to hear. Jane has received global recognition for her efforts to educate communities and patients on how to prevent the spread of COVID-19. And this is just the beginning. So Jane, that was a very interesting visit into the theatre there. Uh, now I have to say um, I think I'm more informed than I was before about what, what goes on in a hospital theatre. How did you feel about being named a heroine of health by women in global health? Uh, amazing! It was amazing to be to to hear such a, a, a thing in my or that word in my life. I couldn't imagine that one day I can be called like that a heroine uh, that I've won the award. So I just thank God for everything. Jane, what are your aspirations for the future in regards to your medical profession? Oh yes, I aspire to continue with my studies uh, since I have done all the certificates. I wish to continue my studies and do the diploma, then the degree and master's in this course for data technologies. Then after all, I will just see whether I can pursue of my dream of becoming a surgeon one day or in future. What would be your advice to young women who might be keen to work in surgery? I would advise them that they face the challenge and come out to come and be keen there to the patient to assist the surgeons so that we can able to, to cater the patient's life in theatre. I'd also advise them not to give up when they have many challenges. I can assure them I've passed many challenges and I've made it. If I've made it, why not them? I can encourage them that one day, one time, their dreams are going to be true. We must leave Michael and Jane now to finish off their tour of the hospital. You can find more news about Jane plus all our Africa Science Focus episodes at www.sidev.net. That's www.scidev.net. Today's program was produced by Harrison Lewis and edited by Fiona Broom with reporting from Michael Kaloki. Africa Science Focus is produced by SciDevNet and distributed in association with your local radio station. I'm Halima Ahmani. See you again next week. This program was funded by the Carnegie Corporation of New York.